Now, Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services. Hi, I'm Shara McNamara, and you are listening to Talk Real Estate. Let me share a little bit about my background before we get started. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, located on the South Shore, and I have been working as a full-time realtor and sales and marketing consultant for home buyers and home sellers for the past 15 years. I have helped hundreds of clients throughout the home buying and home selling process. My unique approach to assisting my clients to the next chapter of their lives is driven by being a team player and by offering them continuous training, education, advising, and mentoring. I like to say that I offer my clients exceptional service that moves you. Every week, I will be providing you with real estate topics ranging from home buyer and home seller advice, legal matters, insurance binders, flood insurance concerns, home inspection questions, environmental worries like radon, lead paint, and mold, mortgages and loan programs, staging tips and ideas, real estate contracts, market trends, home values, and more. It's a talk radio show, and sometimes we are even interactive, so you can follow along online. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781-837-4900. We'd love to talk real estate. If you missed any of our shows, or if you want to listen to one again, you can listen on my podcast at talkrealestateradio.com. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me regarding your home sale or your home purchase, I'd love the opportunity to meet with you. You can connect with me anytime at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now, sit back, relax, take good notes, and let's talk real estate. And hello to all my South Shore neighbors. This is Sharon McNamara, and you are, of course, listening to Talk Real Estate here uh, on WATD 95.9 FM. And we have our new studio all set up here. We're getting our Facebook Live all ready for you. So uh, hello to all. Ben, can you hear us okay? Yes, I can. Yes, How, I is can. Everybody? How is everybody? Uh, we're doing fantastic. We're having a little bit of a, a little bit of problems here with our Facebook Live, so we're just trying to get that going for everybody. So hopefully we'll have that up and running soon. <laughs> and uh, we have Mary who just got back from an appointment. How did that go? Of course, it went wonderfully. <laughs> I wouldn't I, say anything else, even if it didn't. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, things uh, were fine, actually. Um, so tonight we're talking, and we said that we were going to have a full disclosure that we are um, going to be pretty raw tonight. Pretty so, emotional. This pretty is a emotional. jam-packed emotional night for all of us. Yes, it is. We'll try and keep the tears to a minimum, even if they do happen. Yeah. But certainly we can't give any names or talk about anything. But what we're going to discuss tonight is we've talked in the past several times about people who have, um, you know, we talked about multiple offer situations. And um, in that situation with multiple offers, we usually look at it from a buyer point of view. Mm-hmm. But this evening we're going to be talking about it from a seller point of view and the things that we really feel like... We've learned a lot this week. (laughs) Yeah, I think it wraps Um, into a lot of things that we've talked about on the show. mm -hmm. Um, Being contingencies, the importance of contingencies, protecting your deposit, um, all shows that we've done pretty recently. Um, And there's just, it's... It's important, and the things that we talk about on the radio show actually happen in real life, (laughs) which is like, we live it and we breathe it, so we feel as if we're trying to give the best advice possible when we're having these conversations, but this is kind of um, 
raw and from our perspective Mm -hmm. tonight. Yes, absolutely. So uh, Melissa was able to get us up on Facebook Live. So hello to everybody there. Um, You can go to, are we on Boston Connector? Uh, We're on Sharon McNamara and you can, Sharon Costa McNamara and um, you can see us on there and I don't know if Ben is following along. I don't know if Facebook changed something different. Now it's called a watch party. I don't know. It was like asking me to upload a video. So I don't know. I have to get better at Facebook. I think that that's after, I think if you can do that afterwards, like if you. Yeah, but there was no live button. Oh. I don't know. Hmm. So that's All why right, we well, had to switch the page. Yeah. But that's okay. We'll work on that. Yeah, we'll work on that for sure. So, um, again, we're going to uh, talk about the perspective of multiple offers and some of the things that we've been seeing. So if you have any questions for us regarding real estate, please feel free to give us a call. Ben is uh, watching the phones there back at the studio, 781-837-4900. So you can uh, call in, Ben will answer and pipe you right through. So we'll be able to hear you, uh, somewhat hear you. Very (laughs) true. And the Facebook sound is coming through loud and clear. clear. Okay, perfect. Awesome. Um, what about on the side of that where we can't really hear ourselves right now, but that's okay. We're just sort of rolling with it. Okay. Um, Sounds great. It's all it's important. It's all it's important. Uh, that's all that matters. We're just winging it here for sure. But um, Ben, have you been hearing that inventory is low? Inventory as far as what's available? What's available? Yes. You know, I, you know, I would have to disagree just on site alone. I, I drive around the South Shore area and I see an awful lot of signs for sale, sold, pending, all kinds of signs. But it seems like there's a lot going on right now. Yeah. So what you're seeing is the houses come on the market and then they go under agreement right away. So mm-hmm. we've seen in the past few weeks, you know, we've been putting on about two listings per week, actually, we've been doing, uh, we've been very, very busy, our team. I actually did a CMA this morning, set up an appointment for another CMA, uh, which is a comparative market analysis. I set that up uh, today for somebody. We'll have to brush up on our vocab. Oh, yeah, we'll do a vocab one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, speaking of vocab, (laughs) a cab drives a car, and this is my transition into the one and only Lisa DeMilo from the WATD Traffic Center. (laughs) How was that, Well, you know, Sharon, that is an amazing transition. I tell you, what a good segue. (laughs) You're getting funnier by the week there, girl. I know. Thank you. You're still in the thick of it, Sharon, on the expressway southbound. It's curling from the tunnel down to South Bay and through Savin Hill. You're back in it from Squanum Street to the split. Northbound, you're on the brakes approaching the tunnel. Route 3 South is backed up a bit coming off the expressway, then slow down past Union Street. The Sagamore and Bourne are both delay-free in Route 24 South. That's uh, just brief delays passing 495. This report is sponsored by the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. Use your power to cure IBS and join the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation at SPIN for Crohn's and Colitis Cures. Get started at SPIN4.org. Traffic on the nines every morning. I'm Lisa DeMilo in the WATD Traffic Center. Talk real estate continues on WATD. Now, let's connect with this week's Boston Connect Real Estate's Weekly Agent Spotlight. 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 
And we are back. Um, we do not have an agent spotlight this week, but we are, we're just kind of spotlighting ourselves. Which we're is, always the agent spotlight. <laughs> in our eyes, maybe. I don't know about our listeners out there, but <laughs> well, for, for this week, hope. we definitely will be. Um, but tonight, we are going to be talking about, again, contingencies and how you should be reviewing your offers in a multiple offer situation when you're um, a seller. So handling... You know, sometimes multiple offers means two, sometimes it means eight. So how do you decipher and how do you pick which ones are the best for you and what to be aware of, what's happening in the market today and how to um, how to prepare, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, things are great. I can hear myself now. So, um, yes. That was my first, um, and we're back, guys. <laughs> you did fantastic. <laughs> it's been a very long week. And here I was telling the people that I was with before. I was like, ah, I'm not needed for this radio show. Yes. Then. I'm the least important one. No, yeah. you are totally needed. <laughs> um, so... Okay, this is what we're going to do. So again, we are on Facebook Live. I apologize for all IWATD listeners. We are getting ourselves back together here. So uh, you can find us on Facebook, forward slash Sharon Costa McNamara. That's where you'll see us. Uh, and we are live in studio, in our new studio. I don't know if Ben can see us, but what do you think? Do you like the ambiance here? Yeah, do you like it? <laughs> I think we're cozy. Yeah, I, I think, think so we're nice too. and cozy. We got some lanterns over here. It really sets the mood for the crying that's about to happen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, and if you are in the area and you would like to see our studio, you can swing by anytime. I love that people have been like stopping in throughout the mm-hmm. week. You know, just people stopping in to say hello, which is a lot of fun. We actually had a client who uh, moved to South Carolina. They were in town for a, uh, a gathering and they stopped in and it was nice to see them. Oh, we can give them a shout out, right? Yeah. The Lawrences. Yeah, the Lawrences. They usually watch us. So, hi, Lawrences. We loved seeing you. Thank you for coming to see us. Um, we really appreciate it. So, we're going to really get into this right now. So, okay. um, in my hand, you can't see me if you're not on Facebook, but we have this big spreadsheet here. And on that spreadsheet, it is um, the multiple offer spreadsheet that Melissa puts together for us. So, Mary, if you don't mind, just take our listeners from the very beginning. When we get an offer on a property, um, let them tell them how multiple offer situations occur, you know, when we're getting offers and how we handle that situation as the process is going. Okay. So for us, I think we've become very strategic about how we handle our offers. 90% of the time, um, unless there's some extenuating circumstance, we're a company that is going to set a deadline. So if we have an increased amount of showings, maybe 10 or 12 showings per the day or over the weekend, 25, <laughs> 25 groups through the open house, we're going to say, hey, agents, buyers, we want everybody to have an equal opportunity. So you need to have your offers in by Tuesday at 12 o'clock. As those offers start to come in at Tuesday on 12 o'clock, the first one that we get gets labeled offer A. And as they continue going down, it's B, C, D, E, F, G, whatever, however many um, we get, we label them not by the number in which they came in, but just in or by yeah, we don't, what we, we don't consider, play favorites. Yeah, no. what we consider to be the best offer, but the order in which they actually ended up coming in. Mm-hmm. Then... Um, depending on after we talk to our client, if this is the route that we feel is probably the best way, we would go back to everybody and confirm that the offer that we have in front of us is their highest and best, and they understand that we are in a multiple offer situation to, again, give everybody a fair opportunity 
to put their best foot forward and not kind of give anybody an upper hand. In some instances, too, Mary, just to sort of interject as yeah. you're, you're giving these um, examples, if it is a foreclosed property and it's with a bank, there is a form that we are required to give that lets the buyers know yeah. that they are in a multiple offer situation. That doesn't happen generally on just a regular resale, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we let them know. I mean, we think it's courteous to let people know. Well, that's exactly because um, a lot of times things happen so quickly, and especially in the market that we're, it's kind of, it's not slowing down right now, but um, I feel like we're starting to hit a little bit of a slowdown in the market. Uh, we still have a lot of inventory. I do. I you do. do. I'm exhausted, Mary. I mean, I'm you, out doing these CMAs. But, <laughs> what are you talking but about? But so what happened? What happened? You, I heard you on the phone with somebody earlier, and they were saying, I want to talk to you, but I want to talk to you for next spring. spring. Yeah. For next spring. So I feel like people are starting to transition a little bit. Mm-hmm. But when we're listing houses, no, they're not staying on the market. Like, that is a true fact. They're not staying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think um, the reason that we want to play fair and like play well in the sandbox. And we know a lot of the agents yeah. that are coming in and putting these mm-hmm. offers in. So it's common courtesy. We don't want to, we don't, we don't play that underhanded game. Well, mm. and one of the and other we don't things. want cutthroat. Yeah. I don't no. like that. Well, and that's one of the things I am going to be very raw. Obviously, I'm not going to be using names or anything, but I'm just going to give situations that could or could not possibly happen and things to watch out for if you do have multiple offer situations Um, because things have happened, you know, recently and and it's just been very eye-opening to me. Um, But I feel that potentially buyers are getting extremely desperate to get the houses that they want. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So desperate people do desperate things in desperate times and perhaps we're not hearing the whole truth and where that puts me at a very unfair disadvantage is that I don't know the buyers. I'm working with the sellers. So in one situation though, like you just had a internet lead that came directly to us and at Boston Connect Real Estate, the way that we do it is any internet lead or prospect for any of the properties, for any of our agents, all of those leads go right back to the listing agent. And my reasoning for that is because nobody can sell a house like a listing agent can. So that's more of a marketing perspective. I also think that, um, again, companies do it all different ways. I've been at different, several different different companies. I'm not saying it's right, wrong, or indifferent, but I just feel when we, you know, do this uptime, mm-hmm. what's called when agents are answering the phones to get those leads, I just feel like it starts the competition from within. Yep. And I don't think that that's healthy. That's my opinion personally. Um, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I mean, I had to do uptime for two of the companies I worked for in the past. Um, but I also wonder... You know, if somebody called on my four-bedroom colonial and another agent is answering the phone and somebody calls on my four-bedroom colonial and that agent also has a four-bedroom colonial, I would argue that it's that agent's due diligence because the fiduciary responsibility to their client. Yeah, it's their fiduciary responsibility to their client. They now have a person in front of them that wants a four-bedroom colonial. Mm, You should probably be trying to sell your own. Yeah, rather than the one that they called on. Exactly. And and that's why, that's one of the reasons why I just think that it makes more sense (laughs) for 
all of the prospects. What? I'm just thinking of all the questions that I ask people when they call. Uh, I know. Like, to, like, like, determine. To, get, like to determine, like, oh, if they saw a sign, well, where did you see a sign? What town? What street? What, <laughs> did you see a name rider? Well, what color was the house? <laughs> yeah. Can you describe the house to me? Because, uh, you know. Which direction were you going to? Were you going to Walmart? Were you going to Stop yeah. and Shop? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But you're really I, good. I try, like, you yeah. can figure like it out. I'm like stalker. Yeah. Well, I, I got, um, you know, a, a lead had come through from um, our website over the weekend um, or two weekends ago and I was at Copperwood and I, I called the guy and I said, you know, how did you come up? Actually, it wasn't through our website. He had um, left a voicemail yeah. on just the general mailbox and I had listened to it. So I called him and I said, I explained, you know, who I was and I, that I was I was calling as the office manager and that I just wanted to get some information from him and how he, you know, mm-hmm. got in contact with us. And he ended up seeing um, Tracy Grady's sign in Hanover. So yeah. that's, so I forwarded it to her and, and let her know that I had spoken to him, but that yeah. he was, you know, interested. And that's one thing I love about our office. I think that is so great is that that there, there isn't that worry or concern that you're oh, going yeah. to miss an opportunity to get your client's house sold. So I think that that's when one of the things, our success, again, I don't gauge our success by our numbers, although our numbers are very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually was doing some research. I had to um, renew our E&O insurance and they ask these absurd questions that I, I don't even fully understand <laughs> why they even care, but um, I had to answer them, but I had to look at some of our data and I realized, I think we're like number 12 in Plymouth County right now for um, all of the firms in Massachusetts. Wow. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. And I think it bring, brought it up a little bit more to uh, for units sold. So uh, we're doing a good that's, job. But that's I, crazy. Yeah. I do think a big part of it has to do with our marketing strategy and what we're teaching our agents and as well as having that opportunity for our agents to sell there, like to, to talk directly to people mm-hmm. um, about the properties, you know, and talking to the agents. I mean, we have a lot of good friends in this industry that work in different companies and, you know, we all lean into each other. I know recently I, I was, someone was doing a CMA and I was like, well, let me just call the agent and see if she'll tell us how close it is to asking. This agent, by the way, is just an absolute riot and I love talking to her and, um, and so we were talking. She goes, you know, it's a house with a roof because, you know, yeah. she has a lot of listings. She's very <laughs> successful. And I was like, oh, and I said the address. I don't remember it now. She goes, oh, yeah. So my listing that it's a house with a roof. <laughs> so, um, But she was great. And that's what you, I think that in order to be successful in this business, you have to 100% be cordial to your counterparts. We are not competitors. We are colleagues and we just happen to wear different color shirts. That's it. So, um, boy, I am literally on a soapbox tonight, aren't I? Well, I was just thinking you want, I mean, we hit on this, I think two shows ago, we want them to answer the phone when we call and know that the conversations with us are going to be good ones. And we're all a team. And I think you said this to me once, Sharon, um, we're all a team in a boat rowing in the same direction versus rowing in opposite directions. Mm -hmm. So that co-broke, that agent that's working with you, you need to trust them that they're going to get you to the finish line as much as you're going to get them. And that's what we're seeing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Good. So you just hit upon what I am so upset about this week. So to go back to kind of what they upset about, yeah, Mm -hmm. what caused the, the idea for tonight's show or the, um, is our, our trust Mm -hmm. in this industry, I guess. And, and here's the thing is I want to, um, also feel that, that it isn't the agents. Like I said, there's a lot of good agents that are out there right now. Mm -hmm. And I just think that perhaps 
maybe buyers are getting to the point where they're so anxious and they're so tired of losing out and bidding more that yeah. they're finding loopholes and that's what I'm going to call it mm-hmm. so loopholes in in an offer um, so what we're going to do tonight is um, and again I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus uh, on on the radio, and I wouldn't do it in, in my own office, by the way. Like, you know, mm. I, I would never, ever, ever do that. However, I do want sellers to know, if you're out there listening, you know, to really heed some of our advice that if you end up with even one offer, um, the things that you need to be looking at to make sure to the best of your ability and the best of your agent's ability that it is truthful. Well, Mm -hmm. that's why it's so important to have an agent that is very um, sort of well-versed in reading a pre-approval letter, in in understanding different contingencies and comparing offers Mm -hmm. and stuff. But what I wanted to say, to get back to um, when we receive offers and setting an offer deadline, something that sort of sparked this conversation a couple weeks ago was when, you know, Mary, you had went with one of our clients and looked at a property and they wanted to put in an offer. There was an offer deadline on the property um, for after the weekend and mm. they the seller had accepted an offer before the weekend was over. So it didn't even reach the offer deadline. Mm-hmm. You didn't get an opportunity to put mm-hmm. in an offer deadline. It's not like it's illegal to accept an offer, but yeah. at least have the common courtesy to, you know, mm-hmm. you know, reach out to everybody who at least had a showing or mm-hmm. showed interest in um, you know putting in an offer and, and it just and bummed us out. Yeah, it yeah. did bum us out and the agent I know very well and I think very highly of her and I actually called her and said, you know, Mary even said when, you know, I asked who the listing agent was and Mary was like, I'm actually very surprised that this agent did this or allowed this. Mm -hmm. And I always feel like there's a circumstance for everything. But unfortunately, so I called this agent and again, I know her very well. I I think very, very highly of her. Um, I think she's a good agent. We've been in this industry about the same amount of time. I said the, and she felt terrible, by the way. She Mm -hmm. did. She felt terrible. But what ended up happening is three people put in offers and when people put deadlines on those offers, you have to present them. So if an offer comes into us, legally we have to present all offers, Mm -hmm. whether it's a dollar or whatever it is. So if other agents, and this is where I mean desperate people do desperate things in desperate times, these other agents who are submitting these offers saw that the deadline was actually on Monday after the weekend. So when Mary went to set up that appointment the next day so our client could show the house with her mom, it was already under agreement. She showed the three offers. The seller insisted that they accept one. He just wanted it behind him. And I said to her, it's unfortunate because now the general public isn't looking at it like the seller did something wrong. They're looking at it like she did something wrong. And I think what's important about that, and absolutely it reflects on the agents, Mm -hmm. it also from a buyer agent to a buyer perspective, Mm -hmm. there's almost always this air of, well, what did we do wrong? Mm -hmm. Like what did we do as the buyers, what did we do wrong to miss this opportunity? Mm -hmm. What could have been different? Um, And sometimes it's about following an expectation mm-hmm. that's being set. And yeah. when when expectations don't align and they don't meet. That's when controversy arises. Yeah. 
glasses. Mm. Thank you, Laurie Rainey. <laughs> she watching. is watching. Yes, she is she watching. Says my studio is beautiful. <laughs> but just to touch upon that, like, you know, she, you know, had to cancel an open house. So, like, the general public, really, like, even people who are looking on, oh, you know, I Zillow hate having and to do that. And all yeah. that stuff. We hate ha- having to do that. Although we did that a couple weeks ago because we didn't accept it, we did accept an offer on one of our properties, but we never set an offer deadline. So mm-hmm. that's the difference. Yeah, you know, we you know put the house on the market a couple of days before the weekend. We got a really really great strong offer. Our clients wanted so to take thought. it. Um, what? So we thought. So we thought. No, this is this oh, a different okay. one. Okay. This is this <laughs> was, this was one that actually was. Yeah. yeah. Did okay. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this yeah. is um yeah. So you know it's it, it all just it's circumstantial everything mm-hmm. you know and you have to know all sides of the story, um but you know that was that was sort of the kickoff for mm-hmm. you know our topic tonight mm-hmm. was um, I almost wish that like Ben could be playing a little like gentle jazz music in the background <laughs> because I'm literally having an anxiety attack well, about this topic mm-hmm. because I am really sort of fired up about it mm-hmm. and I don't get that way this often no. I actually found myself today in 19 years of doing this business you know something that happened with one of our transactions and I actually sat in my car I called Mary and I was like you know what I'm doing I'm literally roaming around um wherever I was and I was just like roaming up and down aisles because I was just like oh I was in Michael's and um did you love our studio uh and I just that's like just trying to relieve some of what I was feeling and what I'm feeling when it comes to the real estate part I know professionally I know my job I know what has to be done it was the emotional toll of what this mm-hmm. did to me and the empathetic empathetic side of me that like literally can feel the emotions of what my client is going through um, is extremely difficult. So um, Ben's not playing me any jazz music. I can He's hear not it. trying to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Ben is in studio. So if you have any questions for us, again, you're listening to Talk Real Estate and this is Sharon McNamara with the broker team, which is Mary Baker and Melissa Wallace. And um, just so if you don't know who we are, uh, we are a full um, broker team. So Melissa is our everything. The, literally her title is our everything. It's mm-hmm. on her door, so it must be official. <laughs> uh, taking care of the office. She also is our everything for Mary and I when it comes to an administrative and transactional standpoint for our real estate team. So this gives me more time to be able to concentrate on that and then concentrate on the things I want to do for the office, like trainings and things like that. The fun <laughs> stuff. I get to do all the fun things. The fun stuff. <laughs> yes. Um, but if you uh, have any questions for us, 781-837-4900, 781-837-4900. Any questions or comments or concerns that you may have regarding this topic or any topic in real estate, uh, just give us a ring-a-ling and we're happy to answer that. You can also go on to uh, Facebook forward slash uh, Boston Connect. There we go. Just sort of calm me down a little bit in the Uh background there. (laughs) Um, You can go on to Facebook and ask us questions there. Melissa has her phone in her hand. It's under Boston Connect forward slash Sharon Costa McNamara. So feel free to like my page or like me. Uh, We're going to be transitioning into another page soon too. So we're going to get that going. All right, now I really feel like we're just jazzing out here. So, (laughs) all right. So what we're going to continue talking about, we're going to take our list and go through that list of, uh, thank you, Ben. I appreciate that. Anytime. (laughs) Anytime. That was like a nice glass of wine, by the way. Um, We're going to go through the list. When we get multiple offers, these are the things that we are looking at. Mm -hmm. So why don't we take each column and then sort of say, 
we look at this column, why we look at it, and what could happen, like the, the loophole. Okay. All right. Oh, this so, is like a fun little game. Okay. Yeah. So Melissa's good at this game too. So um, Melissa puts these together for us. Uh, all right. So, so start the, starting at the first one, right? Yeah. So okay. order re, uh, received. So you can you sort of told everybody why. Yeah. We do that. Order received is just labeling it as they come in, a mm -hmm. offers A through Z, um, just so we're never giving the seller a pre-distinctive notion of what we feel is the best offer before mm -hmm. they ever review it. And just a side note, if anyone was to ever come to us directly um, and they're not working with an agent, um, Mary is the buyer's agent on our mm -hmm. team, so Mary will work with them to write up an offer, but we let all the other agents know, we just want to let you know, you know, Mary is writing up an offer for our mm -hmm. team, please send your offers only to Sharon and Melissa. Mm -hmm. um, don't send them to Mary. So Mary never, if, if Mary is working with a buyer, she doesn't see our offers at all. Nope. And yep. when I'm doing my analysis with my seller clients, Mary isn't in the room with me when I'm discussing prices and strategy when it comes to pricing. So I think it just... It's very strategic. I think yeah. the approach is very strategic. And it works out well, actually. I was We had a multiple offer situation and I was explaining it to um, a couple agents and one of the agents said, that's a really nice way of doing it. Mm -hmm. um, of course, there's a, a level of trust that you have to have. Uh, but you know what? I've worked way too hard in my life and uh, I don't want anyone ever mm -hmm. putting any shadow of a doubt over us yeah, as a team. And two, I think it's just... One of the things too is I never ask my sellers like, well, what's the bottom line that you would accept? I don't want to know because I, I, if somebody comes into the um, to the open house, Mary, you know my favorite line because buyers yeah. will say, hey, let me pull you aside. Hey, how much will the seller take? Hey, how much will the seller take? Mm -hmm. Will you let me know how much the seller will take? Mary, tell them what my answer is. I know they'll take full asking. Or above. <laughs> or above. Or above. I know that they'll go for full or above. So um, anyways, um, just a little aside. We're, yeah. we'd, we're, we're not looking to... We want to fight hard to get the best or the mm. most amount of money for our clients. So it yes. doesn't matter what the bottom number is. Yeah. And that's why I like with the co-broke section, we don't put in the agent's names yeah. because I also don't want to play favorites. I do know a lot of the agents out there. Mm -hmm. And for me, I I am the one that goes over the offers generally with our clients, our seller clients. So I don't want to be looking at this. And, and we did recently, we actually had one of our agents, actually Sam Horton, who is just happens to be Mary's boyfriend. He's also an agent at Boston Connect. He put an offer in on one of our property. We ended up calling everybody who was submitting <laughs> offers and we're like, don't send anything to Mary. Her boyfriend has is putting an offer in on the table. Mm -hmm. Not that we don't trust you, yeah. but we don't want ever there to be a shadow of doubt Absolutely. that anything was, you know, and I don't think you would do anything, but Sam might go through your email. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he has full access to Maybe everything. A jealous boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, he would never do that. But again, it just gives people on the other side. Some I'm comfort. The, yeah. yeah I'm the broker of the company. I'm certainly not going to do anything to jeopardize, you know, the Our company. reputation. Yeah. And lucky enough, he did have a very strong offer. So. Yeah, and his <laughs> offer got accepted. Yeah. Without any help. Exactly. Without any help. No. Yeah, he did a really no, good job. Nothing. No hints, no nothing. I was like, oh, I'm so glad that he listened I, to all those trainings. I just remember, like, going into Sharon's office and, like, whispering, like, 
I think Sam has the best offer. <laughs> I know. I go, I think Sam's in first place. <laughs> well, that's the other thing I we do. I never thought it would happen. Uh, when we put these together, we don't really tell each other what we're thinking. And then we'll come together and say, all right, which offer do you think is the best offer? So, yeah. well, um, I have some interesting commentary. Because when I'm going through them, I'm like, wow, okay. Like if someone's <laughs> offer is very strong, I'm like, wow, they really want that. But I don't tell anybody what it is until after. I'm done with my spreadsheet. But you do I, a good I job with the spreadsheet, a, though. But you always commentary. read the love letters. I do. I fall in love. But yeah, um, I was trying to fix these wires, but you guys. All right. So um, anyways, and the other thing too, like I said, I know a lot of the agents in the industry. So a lot of times agents will call me directly and say, hey, I'm going to be putting a, a, an offer in on 123 Main Street. And I say, all right, great. You can send it along, blah, blah, blah. I tend not to open them mm-hmm. um, because I try to just wait until we get the spreadsheet and I let Mary, uh, well, Mary, if you're not involved, you'll put every, you know, send everything over to Melissa. She'll do the cover sheets on each offer and then we do the spreadsheet. Uh, but I don't want to know whose is whose because I don't want to be, you know, you don't want your human instincts to uh, come into play. I read a love letter of recently for the first time, like let the love letter get to me and I'm never doing that again. (laughs) Loophole. (laughs) That's what I said. I said the one time you read the love letter. Mm-hmm. duped it backfires yes it does okay so we're at so we talked about order co-broke it's important for us to know uh, well to know if there is a co-broke or if mm-hmm. there is isn't one because it just affects i think how how we're looking at everything mm-hmm. like you know how mm-hmm. how is th- are things being controlled yep who wants we, to do offer sale price we do have a question but all right what's the question um jasmine Oh, okay. wants to know, speaking of highest and best offers, how do you feel about escalation clauses? Hmm. Mary, you want to handle it? We love them as listing agents. I'm, so I'm a split personality on this one personally. As a buyer's <laughs> agent, I don't like them. Um, but we're talking from a seller's agent's perspective. As a seller's agent, I, I would love them. Oh, because, interesting. Because essentially what that buyer is doing is telling you what their absolute, this is my opinion, what their absolute max for that property is without actually committing to it, right? Mm-hmm. So what stops... So why do you love it? So what stops me if I have seven offers and I love everything else about your offer, your offer is absolutely fantastic, but the next highest offer is $10,000 more, what stops me from countering to you at what your highest is? Mm-hmm. Because you've obviously, you would have gone that high had you technically needed to. Yeah. Well, now I'm telling you that you need to. I had said that, actually. They had asked this question um, in when I was doing my ethics course. So, mm-hmm. like, there's, like, 200 people in the room. Um, you Did know, you finish that- yours already? No, this is when I first got my license. Okay. So when you were going to get your, like, your realtor designation and you do the ethics course, whatever, all day, mm-hmm. and we're in a room of 200 people and they and the person running it's you know, talking about escalation clauses and they're like, well, what's your opinion about it? And a lot of people in the class had just gotten their license and might not have worked in a real estate office, so they didn't understand it. So I was like one of the only people, they they asked like, do you You're not like them? You're super smart anyways though. Do you <laughs> not like them? And I raised my hand and I to know, and I was like, one of the one of five people and they called on me and asked why and I said well Sharon McNamara <laughs> has told me that she doesn't like them because you're essentially saying I will pay X amount of dollars but I'm not going to offer it up front mm-hmm. yeah. so why don't you just offer it up front well that's exactly what, so so you're saying mm-hmm. essentially the same thing 
I think a savvy agent, a savvy listing agent is going to catch that mm-hmm. and say, all right, well, you've already, essentially, you're telling me that you will pay for this, pay this amount if you have to. Yeah. Well, now I'm I'm giving you no choice. I'm saying this is what I'm countering to you at. If you want it, then yeah, you are willing mm-hmm. to go to it at one point. So go to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna call your bluff essentially. Yeah. One of the things I and I guess you know for me I, they don't bother me. I think one of the things that I don't like about it is just. Give me what your best offer is. Yeah. You know it's what I mean? Playing it's playing off of the good intentions of other buyers. Yeah, because 100%. another buyer is going to go in there. Buyer A goes in at, let's just say, you know, the house is on the market for 450. They go in at 455, and now you have an escalation clause of a thousand dollars over the highest offer, not to exceed 460. Okay. Well, does, was it fair to the person who came in at 455? Like they were like, I really want this. I'm going five over. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It just doesn't seem fair. But I will tell you, as a listing, as a buyer's agent, I try it. Yeah. Well, some of the agents I know that, um, you know, we had a property that we put on um, maybe a week, two weeks ago, and I was talking with the buyer's agent and they asked me, how do you feel about escalation clauses? Mm -hmm. And I said, if you want to put one in your offer, put one in your offer. Yeah. Um, It really isn't up to us. Yeah, it's not up to us. And I said, you know, Sharon is really good at explaining an escalation clause to the seller. So, you know, by all means, if you want to include that in your offer, then include it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm not going to tell you to not put something in your offer. Yeah. And and again, I I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, my job is to get the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time, you know. So if you're going to put in an escalation Mm -hmm. clause... There's a part of me that says shame on the other agents that didn't try it too. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I am. I'm two-sided on it. I mean, for uh, right as a real estate agent, a professional real estate agent, I don't have a problem with it because my job is to get the highest amount of money, right? Mm-hmm. Usually the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time or in their time frame with the right contingencies. But from like the moral compass that keeps on coming up in my life this week, um, not from me, but things that I'm noticing, I think that it just sort of stinks that you're mm-hmm. not willing to just mm-hmm. put your best foot yeah. forward. Yep. You know? Well, speaking of um, more offers, so Kristen Howlett has a question. Can you explain what is a strong offer? So what do you guys consider a strong offer to be? I'll let you take that. You want me to take that? All right. I, Mary, why don't I take that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you take that because I know where we're going to go with this. Yeah. And we have about and None of us are wearing left. skirts. Okay. Yeah. So um, Kristen Howlett, by the way, is I want to give a big, huge shout out to and a big, huge kudos to Kristen Howlett. She is a full-time real estate agent at Boston Connect Real Estate. And when I met her, I, I said to her, there's a little piece of me that I see in you. (laughs) She has a very strong marketing mind. So um, she's a very good agent. She really has her stuff together. Um, She's a little bit like me too, where she's like, I'm over here. No, now I'm over here in Squirrel. (laughs) So, um, but that's just an entrepreneurial mind, right? And she, she's juggling a lot of balls. She has, you know, her first child in uh, her first son has just gone to college and she has high school kids. So she has a lot going on. However, Again, off topic, she went to Melissa and Melissa is here for the agents and to help the agents succeed in their businesses as much as she's here to help myself and Mary. 
And go ahead. Why don't you explain to everybody what she asked you to do? Oh, um, there is uh, the Bridgewater Autumn Fest every year. Um, so you can, all the businesses around town can have a booth there. And pretty much all of Bridgewater goes. And it, it's a fun day of, you know, buying goodies and getting knowledge of some of the booths. And, um, and you know, you can eat. And there's tons of things to do for the kids, crafts. There was horses there. There was oh, yeah, a train. So there puppies. was all this I'm stuff. Pop- so, ponies. Yeah. <laughs> so she um, asked a couple agents if they wanted to do it with her, and and everyone is just you know they're really busy right now and and you know busy in their business and stuff. But it's really important to take the time to put yourself out there. So she and give asked back to me, the community. Give back to the community, and um, she asked me if I wanted to do the harvest fair with her, um, which was last Saturday, and I said yeah. So mm-hmm. we came up with some really great ideas, some raffles. Um, you know, courtesy of Boston Connect, um, you know, putting some raffles out there to local businesses in Bridgewater. And um, she is literally a celebrity in Bridgewater because <laughs> everybody that went to that fair knew her. Like, so it was so easy to get people to come to our booth and be able to talk mm-hmm. to them and interact with, you know, some of our stuff. And we were watching people walk around all day with Boston Connect bags. And, you mm-hmm. know, everyone, people would come up and be like, oh, I see you have pens. Like, pe- yeah. like people are excited about things like that. And we that. got a new tent for the event. Yeah, we got a oh, new tent. Was like, she's not going to be there with just any tent. We are getting a Boston yeah, Connect a me- tent. A mega, <laughs> mega Boston mega tent. So we I had, got a rush delivery. Yeah, we had our logo everywhere uh, everywhere in that fair. And, yeah. and um, we were one of two real estate companies that did the whole fair. I mean, That's there was great. a ton of people there. And um, and we got a lot of great people through. So um, kudos. So thanks so for yay. inviting me, Kristen. Kristen. Good job, Kristen. <laughs> yeah. Um, so back to her um, her question. Um, what do I consider a good offer? So a good offer isn't necessarily just the amount of money, the sale price. It actually has a lot to do with the contingencies and mm-hmm. which has brought this whole situation up for us today. So the contingencies are actually sometimes more important. Some of the things that we're seeing is, um, you know, you could get multiple offers and somebody puts an offer. Let's just, I'm using round numbers. None of this is real, has nothing to do with the spreadsheet in front of us. $50,000 over asking price. Well, of course, everybody like the seller is going to be sort of hmm, fifty thousand dollars over. Could get that much. Yeah, exactly. So I always say we have to be careful because when I do my analysis, I am extremely thorough when it comes to numbers because numbers don't lie. It's like water that seeks its own level with the value of your houses. I do it very much like an appraiser does it. I talk about marketing a little bit. We obviously we have a good track record. Mm-hmm. We we all have the same internet, so I don't, I'm sick of hearing about the, oh this company has better technology. Yeah, okay, we all have the same stuff. Yeah, we, you know what I mean. So um, it really comes down to the way that you properly price your house. So. We have a situation actually right now where, you know, one of the offers and the appraiser called us and he wants some more comps from us. So that's what's going to happen. But the contingencies, and that's what we're getting into next, I think are more important than the value. So, and the value, if you have multiple offers, the value is always going to be there. Mm -hmm. Someone's going to give it to you. Now you're just waiting. Somebody's always going to give you at or above, right? Yeah. So if you're happy with at, now, lucky you, you have seven other offers if you have eight that you can choose from and pick mm-hmm. out the best contingencies. So let's talk about some of those contingencies because I'm not exactly sure how we're doing on time. Yeah, we have about six minutes. Just about six <laughs> minutes. So it's just about, just to, hit about to hit the bell. All right, perfect. Okay, quick round robin of 
of contingencies. Yes. All right, so contingencies. The first one on here, we just talked about escalation clause. Um, so it's almost like she was in the room with us, Jasmine. Um, <laughs> concessions. Okay, concessions, really quick. Uh, your house is on the market for $500,000. Seller, uh, buyer makes an offer for five hundred five and puts in a concession that the seller will contribute $5,000 towards the buyer's um, closing, pre, closing costs, prepaids, yeah, and points, escrows, escrows, and everything. Okay, so basically, the net to the seller is still that five hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So that would be a type of concession. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, included in sale. Yep. So why don't you take that one? Um, some people might put in that they want the washer, dryer, refrigerator if it's not included in MLS. Um, we don't really ever include those things mm-hmm. unless the seller absolutely one hundred percent does not want them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but we can use them as negotiations um, mm-hmm. after home inspection and stuff like that. But um, some people ask for pool equipment, you know, the lawnmower, you know, stuff like that. Yes. The cat. Cat. <laughs> the dog. As we look at Mary. Yeah, everybody Mary just <laughs> turned to me. Mary sold a cat with a house one time. <laughs> it was very loved by the next family. Yes. Um, and, so, and what about some of the other concessions, Mary? Um, mortgage contingency, home. Uh, so we have a general one here that just says other conditions, and it's just your financing contingency. So are you getting a mortgage, your home inspection, what type of inspections you're have, having? Is there you know, a pool inspection like we were at uh, mm-hmm. this time of year? A lot of pools are getting closed, so do they want to have a pool inspection? Yeah, um, someone might put in there. Title you know, five. Title five. Title five. Flood home insurance. Home sale contingency. Things like um, that. Yeah. Yep. Home sale contingency would be a good one to put in there. Um, um, and then, so home inspection, everybody can have the right to a home inspection. By the way, if you are a buyer, your agent is supposed to give you a form that is cons- facts for consumers. Mm-hmm. So that is something that you should have. We give it to ours. We actually have our clients sign it. So uh, we have a copy of it as well that we did give that. And we're very much conformists over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we like signatures. We like initials. Mm. The other one was a home sale contingency. All right, so let's just talk about home inspection. So let's let's find a loophole in a home inspection. Okay, I'm gonna waive my home inspection. Mm-hmm. But after you sign my offer, I'm gonna ask to come in and take measurements. Yep. I just want to take measurements. I just want to have somebody come in and like measure the windows or, mm-hmm. or you know, somebody look at the chimney. I want to see when the last time the chimney was cleaned. Mm-hmm. So well, this is one that actually. I mean, we know it's no longer part of our, you know, anything that we're working with. Um, this happens in the city. A lot. This happened to you in the city. So um, mm-hmm. this, this was this is a very frustrating one because the so when we're talking contingencies. So say you have a sale price of five hundred with a waived home sale contingency, and then you have you know five ten with a home. Sorry, not a home sale, a home inspection, mm-hmm. and then you have five ten with an inspection. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to weigh heavily on the seller to be like, okay, well, do I want to go through an inspection? This one's kind of like a sure thing. This 500 yeah. is a sure thing, but the 510, you know, it, do I want to take the chance? Mm-hmm. Or, um, so that's a direct um, consequence. Like the home inspection being waived is a direct consequence of the offer being accepted. Like it is, yes. it is vital to mm-hmm. that offer. And one of the things was that I remember when this was all happening, that 
the um, they wanted to get in and they were insisting on getting in before the purchase and sales agreement. Yes. And we were like, no, once the purchase and sales agreement is signed, then you can have reasonable access to the house. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. reasonable access doesn't mean that you can then go back to the house and have a full blown home inspection. I think it says like three, right? Like it has yeah, reasonable, yeah, yeah, something, yeah. It, usually it is about yeah. three that they'll put in there. Everyone is a little mm -hmm. bit different. Sometimes it's two. So I think that that is something if you're a seller to keep in mind, you know, okay, somebody waived their inspection, but then they asked to get in before the purchase and sales agreement is signed. You're not holding really much in escrow. So it's really just that person's way of getting their offer accepted. Now the potential, the, the downfall or the pitfall for you as a seller is the other people that put in the offers, let's say you had five offers, those other four people could have found another house by the time that this all comes to fruition. And that actually did happen to us. Mm -hmm. So they wanted, they were very, very insistent on getting back in to verify measurements mm -hmm. before signing purchase and sales agreement. And immediately, this is something that I think we excel at as a team. We, we went back to the other offer and I said, hey guys, like, have you found anything? Just mm -hmm. like the offer A is really... It's, it's something fishy is going on. Teetering. Yep. Mm -hmm. Something fishy is going on. Don't, they're not being transparent with us. And he goes, we already found something. That was a matter of seven days. Mm-hmm. Seven days. Yep. So mm -hmm. that's what could happen. So you really have to be careful when people are waving. And I just think that we have to get better at being extremely specific. I cannot believe we're out of time. So we're going to start doing a <laughs> podcast so we can really get a full show in and really discuss with you exactly what we want to be discussing. So we apologize that we had to cut tonight short because uh, this is a very, very good topic. Perhaps we'll finish it again next week. So um, we were going to talk about reverse mortgages next week. We'll have to push him off again. So uh, please get in touch with us. 781 826 8,000 or at bostonconnected.com. We'd love to have a one-on-one -on -one consultation with you. So feel free to give us a buzz. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody.